0: Are we recording now? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, we are recording. Now. It, yeah.
0: By the way, I've been um, I heard your phrase. I've been listening. I've been doing exercise in the park and listening to Jay Z again. And your dad's phrase, um, about don't argue with an idiot, there, is in a Jay Z song. He says it. Yeah, he says it. Wow. Do you agree with it now that Jay Z said it? No. Me and Jay Z have got a couple of artistic differences, but. You know, it hasn't gotten between the two of us before, so I don't can't imagine it will now. Can you can you can you rap how he says it? Um, I'd have to listen to it, I can't remember. Oh, you dodged a bullet there. Um Right, I'll stop eating me peanuts. Welcome back. After the rapturous applause we got for our last virtual podcast, we've taken to the airways again to save you all from your isolation hell. I'm joined with Joe and Carlos virtually over the the process of Skype. How are you both doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. That's about it, really. As good as you can be. It's getting a bit boring now.
2: I was enjoying lockdown, but I think I'm I'm, uh, moving over to the camp of I can't wait for it to be done. All right. Do you reckon that was just because the weather was bang? pain? You know what's mental, actually? It's funny you say that. So I, was, I went to Blackheath today for the first time in months. Yeah. And the weather, it, like, it was warm today, but it was really grey and dull. And usually on a Saturday afternoon when the weather's not that nice, Blackheath isn't actually very um, packed. It's usually quite empty. Yeah. I, I, I was cycling around the corner, and there were more people than I, than I would usually expect to see <laughs> in Blackheath. It was absolutely
0: mental. Everywhere's Ramo. I looked at I was sat and um, I was sat um looking up my window earlier on, sat at the table, and a family of six went jogging past down the middle of the road. It looked like have you ever seen that video of where there's a flock of the flock of geese running down a, a town <laughs> like main street? <laughs> it was like that, and it was like six people, which to be honest, the thing that I liked about it is that they didn't subscribe at all to like the weird bollocks of you've got to spend a hundred pounds on your like outfit to go for a run. But it did mean that they look like they're all just like being chased by someone that was <laughs> out of picture. <laughs>
1: yeah. Good. What, what I would say to that is that like people, p- the thing is people aren't actually breaking any rules. You know what I mean? Mm. People are doing their daily exercise. Maybe some people who are like sitting down in the grass, on the grass, or whatever breaking rules, but people are being mindful and they're not doing anything that they've, that they're not allowed to. I'm um, you allowed to go out for your exercise once a day, or go to the shops or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I I I've been to, I went to Greenwich Park today as well, and it was like mad packed. But at the same time, it's like I mean, are they doing anything wrong here?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. They're not, but I think that there's been an opposite effect um, where, whereby basically, like like I said before. An average day in April when it's not that sunny is not packed in Greenwich Park or Blackheath. It's usually just pretty like a few dog walkers, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and like it's had the opposite effect because everyone knows they're only allowed to go out of the house once or for an allocated reason. People are really taking that seriously and actually leaving the house, which is a good thing, but it is kind of mental that people are getting out more now because of isolation.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I I I thought you were about to say something This. No, I agree. I was I was also I'm also interested to see that like now that
2: we're like virtual Lewis because I'd punch you in the stomach. <laughs> i love said, I don't dodge
0: bullets and I don't dodge punches.
1: It'll be interesting to know. see um uh now that we're into like a the second half of it, um if that That's if if, doing, pe- if people's if people's habits change now, if they if like people are like, right, well I'm gonna get get fit or whatever, have a proper routine Um, for the first three weeks and now people are like Jesus Christ I just can't do this anymore Um, I'm just gonna sack it all in or if it'll go the other way and people will get
0: more on it well you can monitor now and everyone's starving can't we I
2: personally think that um like I was saying before as soon as lockdown's free
0: everyone's gonna stay in it's gonna have an opposite effect I think that people are going to be putting in place uh, habits of a lifetime absolutely no way there's no way I'd say that there's a one in ten of people that are running now, they're doing it for the first time. And I'll say that there's a one in two of those people that will continue to run after isolation.
2: So 50% of runners who who
0: who've started... 50% of first-time runners will continue to run, I'd say. that is That's bold. I'm going to go down to 20%. All right. It literally
2: makes you feel happy. That's what I don't get about it. Yeah, but I think when people have been commuting a week and working in the office and they don't have to get out.
0: No one doesn't commute anymore. The, wild, the, the times that people went into work is, are completely behind us. And you worry about that in the slightest.
1: Right. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm not worrying anymore now that you've, now that you've um, no. told me not to. <laughs> 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 I think it's... That is like characteristic of just like our behavior. Like when we're told that we're not allowed to do something, we're more like we're more likely to do it. It produces that kind of thing in us. And then yeah, I think people will revert back to just being like lazy fucks when things are back to normal. But I don't think things are going to go back to normal for ages. I had a bit of reala- realisation today that we're not going to be going to a pub or a club for a long time. That only just kind of dawned on me. And we're um,
0: starting to run out of material now, so God knows what we're going to be doing in a few weeks time. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> we have to start making stuff up. Um, on the theme of making stuff up, does anyone know what the little ball is inside a can of Guinness?
1: Oh, someone's definitely told me this before. It's, it must be something to do with um, like foaming.
0: I might have a look now while we're on air. It's kind of fun that you can do these days. What is the ball in a... Guinness there you go it must have heard me it's a little plastic ball called a widget it's called a widget <laughs> <laughs> we're going to just come in an effort to provide the optimal head and that. yeah it's to do with the uh you're right joe it's to do with providing the optimal head
1: that's that's quite funny because um people have been making those videos and it's just all a load of bullshit
0: yeah complete bollocks <laughs> i realize carlos did it nonchalantly.
2: yeah yeah
0: There's all these videos going round line of like someone going, oh, finally the saviour taught us how to pour the perfect Guinness from a can. And then it was like he just had like some extra thing where like flung himself upside down and smashed it in the bottom of his glass. And then then last week you just rocked up and poured it in, and it looked exactly like perfect. Yeah, I just copied what they do in the bar, like um, yeah, just little tilt. Yeah, but you know what? Actually,
2: I, I get Guinness a lot. And I still, to this, like, every time I get one, when they stop pouring it midway through, I, my instant reaction is, what the fuck are you doing with my pipe? do <laughs> finish pouring it. And I uh, calm down and remember, oh, right, you're meant to do that with Guinness.
0: But without fail, every time it gets me. I've actually got a certificate of my ability to pour Guinness. How do you feel about that? <laughs> who, who issued you that? Um, none other than the uh, a tour of the Guinness brewery in Dublin, mate. Oh, I was all in it. on the board. All in on the merch. Jeez. So, in, in some way,
2: that is a Guinness record. Oh, hello! <laughs> I was
0: just thinking we were going to run out of material. systems like that. <laughs> um, also, this week I've been thinking loads about Joe. Did it, you Did you say last week the phrase "a bird in the palms worth two in the bush"?
1: Uh, yeah, bird in the hand,
0: bird in the hand. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot this week, and that is really a fantastic phrase. That
1: yeah, it's very apt.
0: I didn't Very take it, I didn't quite like, I didn't give it the respect it was due last time out. That's really, really good.
1: Is, is there something that you applied it to?
0: That is literally what I was going to ask. I was walking the dog yesterday and I said it out loud to her because she had a proper big stick. And this, and this, this bird flew into your hand. And then I could, <laughs> I could <laughs> tell that she was eyeing up this piddly little one. And I said out loud, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> bird in the pond, left two in the bush because you can't lift it looked a bit uninterested carried on walking nice. so I think she got it on a deeper level
2: yeah. I thought you were gonna say you were walking the dog and you realised it's better to have one on the lead than two in the bush <laughs>
0: <laughs> those of you who have been with us from our from our fledgling days will remember that we used to be as the for our namesake we used to be regarded as some of the best film critiques in the podcasting world, and we thought that what, with a lack of social and night out culture, we'd go back to our roots, rewatch another Danny Dyer film, and talk about it for you lot. So, the film that we've chosen, Joe, you actually you decided the film. So, how did you come across it, and what is it?
1: No, it was actually it was Carlos.
0: Go on, go on. on.
2: well. To be honest, it's all—it's uh, a shout out to Brendan Tullet because I was scrolling on Facebook, as you do, all day. Which is probably the highlight of any day these days in activation <laughs> is just have a scroll, and um, I saw that Brendan had comment. You know when you see someone has commented on a page? Yeah. yeah. Brendan, it said Brendan Tullet-, Tullet has commented, and it was a page called Eighties Casuals Classics about that like, football hooliganism. And I was like, right, this is already getting my tingles going about footy flicks, making me reminisce. Yeah. And then yeah. he'd commented, tagging the mate, saying, oh, like, this looks class or whatever. Or maybe he'd been tagged. And, th- yeah, that's how it came about, the business.
0: 2005 with Danny Dyer. Absolutely um, banging, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God, it's unbelievable, this film. It was such a nice throwback to that, like, that kind of Danny Dyer film. You know what I mean? Because I... all. They're so. They are actually really rare. Those type of films, and this was a perfect example of it.
1: When you say that the throwback to that kind of Danny Dyer film, what do you mean? Because like, I would say that that's like, it's the only kind of Danny, the only kind <laughs> of Danny Dyer film.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like, that, da, like
1: Danny Dyer internal monologue. Um, yeah, Danny
0: Dyer internal monologue, getting it out of his depth somewhere.
1: Yeah, like pause, Danny Dyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Danny Dyer narrates what's happening. <laughs>
2: I don't know how he does it, though, with the narration, because it, it's just so like budget. The, the narration is so like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but in, in other films, you don't really notice the narrator. It, it just happens. But with Danny Dyer ones, it's like, it's like he's WhatsApp voice recorded himself and then copied paste <laughs> it onto the film. You know what I mean? Mm.
1: Yeah. I um. Before we get into it, I reckon it's worth us kind of giving a brief overview of what happened. So would one of you like to just like very quickly go over it?
0: Uh, Yeah, can do. I feel
2: like Lewis should definitely, because I feel like he's going to give it a, a banging endorsement. Carlos, is this
0: your way of saying that, yeah, again, you haven't watched the film? <laughs> no, I've watched it. I've watched it. <laughs> um, all right. Help me out, though. All right. Um, so it starts off. It actually starts off with Danny Dyer. And um, what's his name? Is his name Tama Hassan? Yeah. Yeah. Tama Hassan. I'm not sure him. <laughs> uh, Dad of Belle on Love Island two series ago. You may know him as Joe. He was also in uh, Football Factory, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the same director.
2: As you have you as you've said that, I've got a um, a little uh, bit of background for you. But it was it was directed by Nick Love, and when I watched it, uh, when I saw that pop up at the start, I thought that, that rings a bell, mm. and it did ring a bell straight back to the Footy Flicks days and Football Factory because Nick Love did Football Factory as well.
0: Ah, there we go. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I suppose long story short, what it what it is is um, the trials and tribulations of um, some British drug traffickers on the Costa del Sol, and it's told through the eyes of Danny Dyer, who's doing a favour for for someone from London, where by the way he's kind of got this shit life essentially, um his mum's mm. being abused and whatever, and he decides did to
0: he him, did he kill the stepdad?
1: Mm, I don't know. He I don't know. He beat him up pretty badly. That was bat, funny. Bat, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and he, he does a favour for someone and happens to meet Tamer Hassan, who's like the, the the lead guy in this uh group of drug traffickers. And so it all goes very well, and then all of a sudden they are homeless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Literally out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, um, no, so he got his like ups and downs. It
0: but...
1: goes very well for them and then they um have a disagreement with the mayor because of their because of their importing of cocaine which he specifically said they shouldn't do Um, (laughs) and then uh, they have this plot to try and kill the mayor assassinate the mayor that fails and then it all goes absolutely tits up
0: we don't fail though do we no that that really confused me I lost I lost where I was in the film yeah They kind of alluded to the fact that that must have been where it all went wrong. And then the next thing you know, they're on the run and they've got no money and they're tramps. And he was like washing his hands with piss and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. And then
2: without giving away too too much of it, the major plot point, the big twist in the film revolves around they've got a heroin addicted mate to come over with the hope that his addiction to heroin will mean that he will be able to give the mayor a sexual favor to get him on side with their cocaine trafficking and the whole twist comes because he's now no longer on heroin won't give the mayor a sexual favor and stabs him in the bum with a fork and that's when the whole film goes to its up so it all around that pivotal moment.
1: yeah and anyway so it goes they are um they're homeless however in the end it kind of it finishes on a high because Danny Dyer is able to get his own back on um Tamer Hassan's right-hand man who's like an absolute psycho and has kind of hated him throughout um, He's another
0: one that's in all of these kind of films as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, those three. Got- yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he, he gets his own back on him, and then he drives off into the sun.
0: So I was in the sunset in a nice little golf convertible number. Mm-hmm.
2: What, 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 um, what did you both make of it then?
0: I found it honestly just so, so enjoyable to watch. So enjoyable. I loved it. I loved. I love it. I love it. I love, it, I love a Danny Dyer, south of twenty-five. I love that Tame Hassan, his double act. I love them being on the Costa del Sol. I love him narrating it. I, lo- I love all of it. I think it's great. I think it's great. I loved the uh, Sammy's girlfriend character. She kind of didn't make. She didn't make any sense whatsoever because she was like r- randomly, like ludicrously posh. But that was great as well, and just everything about it was great.
1: Yeah. Oh, did you do to um, do any research? Any research on her? No. Nah. So the character is called Carly, and her name's Georgina Chapman, and she, until 2017, was married to Harvey Weinstein. Oh my
2: god! <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a British <laughs> actor, um, actress, and um, fashion designer, and she was married to Harvey Weinstein for like ten years, and she's basically been implicated in a lot because Weinstein was rumored to have forced women to wear these clothes, basically, and obviously, like, she's a, she's um. She's his wife, <laughs> so she's naturally kind of implicated in the whole fiasco.
0: That's really blown me away. Yeah, pretty
1: that mad, isn't
2: it? Such a dark spin on what was such an enjoyable ninety minutes of my life. <laughs> I know,
1: I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, both um, your reactions—that was mad. That was funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that was genuinely. That <laughs> yeah, it's
1: crazy, isn't it? It was bonkers.
0: Um, I uh, chatted to B Boy last night to let him know that we would just watched it, and he said. Um, <laughs> He said his favourite line is. I was, let's see if you don't remember this. I sent him a voice message of it, and then he said and the best line is, "Man, you used to be so cool. What happened to you?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't remember who said that to who.
0: Cool, like, Something's got like, a murderous coach trafficker.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, uh, it's funny you should say about the quotes because I, I, I decide at the start I decided to take notes, like classic footy flicks days. Yeah. Try and get try and get some little B tech analysis out of it. And the first thing that I wrote in capitals was just quotables because yeah,
0: I like, ha- stocked with quotables. The first hu-
2: the first half and that, in fact, the first quote of the film, I'll read it out if if if, if that would be OK. But <laughs> <laughs> Joe, is that right of you? It's right with me.
1: I mean, it's fine. I'll let it go.
2: <laughs> the first line he says in the film is my old man wrote me a letter from prison once it said if you don't want to end up like me stay away from crime
0: women and drugs problem is don't leave much else to do does it and my favorite line of the whole thing was the last line when he says so yeah as i said me dad sent me a letter from the clink saying in your life stay away from what is it stay away from drugs women and uh, money what a bollocks
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I suppose it it was um it was very Danny Dyer in that sense, and if anything, it was kind of all of that stuff, like East End kind of stuff, was a little bit overdone. I would have, I would say, it yeah. was like they would just they would slip it in at every available opportunity. Um, yeah,
0: there was quite uh, a few arc Yeah, but you don't you don't get a proper arc him these days, which so that was that was nice to see. Yeah. You know what? I've got so
2: many quotes written down. I just want to rattle off a couple more. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. He goes when he's deciding, Joe, like you uh, said that his life in London's a bit dead end. He's from South East London as well. And he goes, am I going to be playing Donkey Kong in a local kebab shop or am I going to go abroad and have crime, women and drugs? <laughs> <laughs> and then another bit is after uh, a, a little uh, Moroccan kid has died during the trafficking <laughs> because, of, because of them, he goes, he goes, yeah, something about how bad it is wiping a dead Moroccan kid's brains off your body. But he goes, "Oh well, you live and learn, unless you're a dead kid." <laughs> oh. So good,
0: so good. Um, It'd be so fun to write a film like that. I, uh, but the thing is, I honestly think we could make a film to that level. Yeah, we could. It Had a two million pound budget. Carlos, you do a few laps of your back garden, and we'll raise that in a minute and a half. <laughs>
1: No that actually kind of quite nicely links onto what I was going to say about it. I think that it was uh in terms of style I would say it was great. I loved the I loved the location. I thought it was that was a, a sick sick place for a film. Um cool. I loved their kind of track suits and like the the quotable the quotableness of it and um obviously being from being from the part of London that they're from I suppose it's a bit more relatable in that sense. And I enjoyed that um however i thought there was way more style over substance i mean in terms of like the you know, this the, 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 i mean the storyline was pretty shit pretty boring i thought <laughs> um and pretty predictable and then there was that all of a sudden they're homeless after trying to assassinate <laughs> this mayor the,
0: that, that's the bit that that's the one bit of it that i would raise some part of a grievance with but you know when you're like you know when people like people that are religious say like i'm just like what would what would jesus do i'll put myself in hands if they've got the divine plan i'm at the, i'm at the part of this film where i just say right if you lot want to suddenly go unexplainably from being multi-millionaire timeless we're not tell any of us why it is then that just must be a great idea and i don't quite get why it is yet but that is that was completely completely bonkers
2: <laughs> it felt a little bit like they'd they'd blown the two million budget for the film in the first
0: hour yeah and then they were like josecini's and
2: feeler truck seats.
0: yeah and then they
2: had to wrap it up real quick and then, and <laughs> it's a bit like when you when you've done like a good piece of work and then you realize that you haven't got any time left to do a good conclusion so, you, so yeah yeah so all your
0: conclusion you just say the same thing you said in the first line again yeah <laughs> which is literally what they did
1: <laughs> mm. yeah anyway like i thought <laughs> it was i thought it, i was entertained by it up to mm. a certain point i think after like an hour all of these little like this Londoner slang and whatever all the, all the kind of jokey business the novelty wore off a bit um and i do think that in many ways i think it was a bit like a kind of like a level project <laughs> it was that kind of caliber like, it was entertaining
2: Fair nah, to it it was b-tech <laughs> yeah it was
1: b-tech it was b-tech um i was entertained by it but i also could have been entertained by a b-tech project <laughs>
0: yeah
2: do you know what i mean I, I, I said um, earlier to Joe, so he's got to hear it again, because he was asking me for a link to find the film. And he, and he said, briefly, how is it? But don't give it all away. And I was like, the beauty of these films is that it just feels like if us three or whoever you're with mates were sitting around on the holiday or whatever, like nothing to do for a couple of hours before a night out, mm. it's the perfect film to get you in the mood to just drink and be stupid and have a good yeah. time
0: and like just no, like, you just want you want to be like giggly and stupid with your mates yeah
2: exactly it's a perfect mood setter and like e- even in the first like I-, I looked at the time there weren't even eight minutes of the film gone yet and the guy called Playboy in the film had already got two blowjobs on screen <laughs> it was such stupid like it, it it just gets you like you know what I mean it's just so silly yeah. but it is silly do you
1: know what do you know what's funny I feel like uh, Playboy Tamer Hassan is that him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think Charlie. he's I think he's a good actor. Really? Yeah, well I think he's I think he's above the level of Danny Dyer. I feel like Danny Dyer's like completely met his match with this kind of film. But I think I remember in Football Factory as well, I thought he was alright. I thought he was better than the others. Um
0: what else is what else is done in his career, do we know? I think he might have gone on to
2: do some like alright big level films, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. I'll have a look now. Oh god, he's put weight on round the cheeks. <laughs> Yeah, best known for football factory. Doesn't say much, does it? No, it doesn't. Apparently he was in a remake of Snatch and the Business. Yeah, it's it's not looking great for the lads. Although lad. well, while on this, I watched Snatch for the first time the other week and it is absolutely fucking brilliant. So if you haven't seen it, then you should watch it. I was gonna say
2: briefly that um I actually took a bit of a moral message from this film. <laughs> oh yeah. The other day in lockdown Don't try and traffic Coke into the Costa del sol Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other day in lockdown I was chatting to my dad and I was like, the more I think about life, the more I think that I can kind of understand why you'd just do petty crime if you could get away with it for a living. Because <laughs> there's not many jobs that are actually meaningful you could believe in. And if you did just find some little scam, whether it was selling a bit of weed or something like that, yeah. where you- or, or some type of scam doesn't really harm anyone, then you, you, I'd feel pretty, I wouldn't really mind doing that. But then throughout the film, I was watching like, yeah, that seems all right what they're doing, smuggle a little bit of hash and make millions and, and drink all day and like live on the beach. But then, like in all of these type of films, like crime films, it, everything's always so great and fun for the first hour. <laughs> and then someone gets too addicted to cocaine, lose all their money and it's just shit and so dull by the end.
1: Yeah, we'll the- do What's what's funny about that, Carlos, is that that is actually kind of bang on what happens.
2: Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah, that's what happens, and that's the same as every even Scarface, even though it's like a classic, the same thing essentially happens. He gets really rich and then gets too addicted to coke and, and burns out. And mm-hmm. it did make me think that maybe there might be something in not doing crime. So
1: that's- <laughs> yeah, I think the reality is is that, like there's no there's actually no such thing as just doing a bit of petty crime for your whole life. <laughs> and like as much as nice as the idea is of like never really getting in trouble or anything for anything making making loads of money or whatever
0: and once you start making fast money you just want to make you just why want to make not? More,
1: yeah people greedy you'
0: just want to make double as much you know what i mean we doing the exact same thing and you can say yeah you can do double as much why would you not yeah people do actually you know i'm you know i'm not suddenly trying to be a square or anything but <laughs> I think that there is always the necessity of this as you will always want more, unfortunately, as has happened with Charlie, Fama Hassan, Playboy. that so I've got too fast for him. And then inexplicably, he was homeless in the Costa del Sol. Would you um, Would you recommend the film? 110% yeah. To everyone? To To everyone, yeah. I think it's important <laughs> for people to see stuff like that that's not like trying to be some highbrow flick. It's not at all pretending to be anything it isn't. It's, it is is a low budget shit, but funny and adorable film. And that is all it tries to be. So I think if you watch that and didn't like it, then I'd, if I, if I told you to watch that and then you watched it and didn't like it, I'd kind of judge you for not, for not saying that, that it's obviously not trying to be the thing that you want it to be anyway, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
2: You were definitely going to say something a lot stronger and then realise you might have to turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree, though. I definitely think if uh, if people wanted to get together with their friends and have a, have a laugh and watch a film and not just all sit in silence and then be kind of blown away a little bit, like, <laughs> if you actually want to have a laugh, then definitely yeah, go. I
0: on. can't <laughs> think of many films that are more suited to, like, between 7.30 and 9 o'clock on a Friday night we're going to be going out after. Mm -hmm. I imagine we will come down to see you in Bristol and we've had a bit of like a train ride and people are flagging, stick that on on the Friday and then it's going to be the night of our lives.
2: We should do a flicks challenge, yeah? Yeah. Friday night between 7.30 and 9.30, stick this film on and the challenge is see how you feel
0: after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can donate to our GoFundMe for us to make a film. Yes. 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 Run, like donate five Watch a film and tweet telling other people to watch the film, and most importantly, say how it made you feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We got now we can make like a small chat, like an online, like Reddit, a subreddit, and people can post at nine thirty. It can just be like liquid with people going, "I feel amazing. I want to go out." Yeah, yeah. This is live on air.
2: This is how you hear the best ideas come about. Live on air.
0: Yeah, it's so true.
1: I've got a um, I've got a question for you boys. Bring it back Hold to on. the film. Why do you think then? Same same director, more or less same cast, very similar kind of kettle. Yeah. Why? Have, why had none of us heard of this film before last week?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say. That's a good question. What I was going to say was. Do. Our films cause this film is very much like of the last decade. Are people making these films now? Definitely. I think that the films that are made now, people try and make them seem too high budget. Mm. But that kind of film needs to come off, needs to be viewed as like a really low budget film. Do you ever but
1: nowadays do you get low budget films that are like not trying to be like the best film ever?
0: No, you don't.
1: Well, I mean, I my knowledge of of, of, of the of, of
0: like, cinema, the Sundance festival and shit like that. Nah, do you know what? I'm gonna. That's where in the world, the business ain't about to win a can. <laughs> I'm gonna throw a curveball in there and say that
2: these films still exist, but it's the fact that we're it's it it's a more of a reflection on who we are that we don't know what these films are of today. There's definitely films that are as low budget and stupid and hilarious and intend. What is it? Fifteen years since the business was released. In fifteen years' time, there's going to be the equivalent of us doing a podcast about this niche film that was released in 2020 that no one's heard of or seen and is shit, fundamentally, and that's how it would come across. But we now, because we we work and whatever, and we use our weekends to actually do something good, we're not going to seek out for the mm. new cross. <laughs> we're not going to We're not gonna seek out an absolutely shit film we, when we find the time to watch a film we're going to try and watch something that was nominated or, or critically acclaimed if you know what I
0: mean well, I don't know I think that's a fair point we're not in the demographic anymore but I genuinely don't think that people are making those films that's, that's my only rebuttal I've got no proof no evidence I just, I just don't <laughs> think they are
2: <laughs> uh... I'm not going to lie um, Finn Walker recommended me this film. I need to try and find it. And I reckon it's it's the same level but twenty eighteen version. It ah, oh, I need to find it because this is pointless if I don't. But it, it was a it's like a Stoner film that has Action Bronson in it and it's like a heist in a hotel and it's possibly the worst film I've ever seen. But
0: like you, you need someone who's the films the films we're talking about are like about casuals and they're like, mm. like they're like London boys from like Millwall, they're not action Bronson. Yeah, but the the thing is you know also,
1: I, mean? I think that it would be really difficult, you'd be hard pressed to find someone making a film like that, that wasn't, or didn't kind of morph into some sort of spoof. Because mm. like, th- that film wasn't a spoof. That's what I had to, that's what I kind of had to keep remi- reminding myself, it's like they're honestly... actually, oh, it's low budget, but it's, they're being serious here. Yeah, this is I mean? um And I just think such <laughs> is like, our Kind of culture at the moment, like people, I don't know. It's it's so much easier to like revert to a kind of a spoof or some like kind of like a mockumentary kind of thing. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah,
0: it's like people these days would want to would feel embarrassed about it being shit, so they pretend that they're in on the joke about exactly. it being, shit, rather than just wholeheartedly make a shit film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i, I I'm I, Again, I haven't got anything to base this on other than my own feeling. Right.
0: This is the the way that we operate in this group is we just make wild allegations. <laughs> I, I really do believe that we are we we haven't got the type. I of... really do believe is such a good way to start
2: your point. <laughs> Put it this way: we haven't got any mates who would like proudly admit. That they watched like a film that was ten percent on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes and recommend other people to waste their time watching it because it's quite funny. Do you know what I mean? We only get, we've only got friends who recommend like, oh, check this film out. It was really good. I think that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Is this not what we're doing right now, Carlos? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we've all just said this film's shit and you have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's what makes us unique. Maybe that's what makes us Flix Radio. True, we are one of a kind. It must be said. <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we should make make a, a concerted effort to watch the films that get less than fifteen percent on IMDb that were released in twenty twenty, and then we'll be able to see if shit
0: films are still yeah, released. That's, that's, that, that, that is actually something I can go on that board. That is a with.
1: brilliant idea, guys. That's so good for right the
0: now. next episode. For the next. For the next. Um. Yeah. Next pod. Let's come with the lowest rated films we can possibly find. And then we can discuss on air which ones we're going to watch.
1: Mm, I rate that. I rate that. Oh, I've got a question. Yeah. Well, I mean, can either of you think of a film like films that fall into this category? First of all, and second of all, do you think that Four Lions falls
0: into this category? No, Four Lions is a work of art in a way that the business really isn't. (laughs) Four Lions. i'm pretty sure yeah i was
2: just about to say four lines friday night is leaving you crying yeah this is leaving you going out and making dumb decisions i was more thinking in
1: terms of like it's it being like a low budget a low budget serious film it obviously just did really well Hmm. um so so i've got no idea i'd be interested i mean in today's think about today's money and that but um (laughs) to compare the budgets of them um, I can
2: do that now for you mate if you want but the thing is Chris Morris who did um, Four Lions is like pretty well respected you know what I mean yeah. mm.
0: oh Joe you're onto something here the budget they were both budgeted at two million quid wow there you go we say they made the money stretch far more than Four Lions <laughs> <laughs> well oh. they
1: both budgeted the same and what year was Four Lions
0: Four Lions came out in 2010
1: hmm that's interesting, you know.
0: So the the business was comparatively expensive compared to... So someone's wasted two million pounds making that film. Is it a waste? Someone's wasted two million pounds making four Lions then.
1: <laughs> Wait, mate, so Sergio Taccini ain't cheap.
0: <laughs> Probably like 50% of
1: that was on Sergio Taccini.
0: <laughs> I love this scene, and when when he first makes a bit of money, and he goes into that, goes into the shop trying on like sleeveless, no. what, sleeveless, <laughs> sleeveless, g, sleeveless gilets with a hood.
1: Also, what I what I loved about it is um when they <laughs> when they uh, got homeless, what? when they turned homeless, yeah. how they were all like, oh, you lot look shit, like you look terrible, <laughs> and they didn't really, they didn't actually look any different, especially Danny <laughs> Dyer. Danny Dye
0: looks better than usual. He just changed into a
1: different tracksuit. <laughs> that was the only yeah, difference and he was a bit sweaty. A bit of a
0: nasty chic
2: going on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh.
2: I've got... Uh, you know what? I um, I really don't want to ruin it for the people who are going to watch it, but I've just got one more quote. that just
0: has to be read. It's all right. This, this podcast is going to be listened to either by people that have watched it and love it as well or people that haven't watched it and won't watch it.
2: I... That's another thing I want to know. I want to know how many people who listen to this actually go and watch it and what they think of it. We need some reviews on this one. We'll put a poll out on the socials. Definitely. But he goes, he's talking about some nuts guy and he goes, he was a bit like Robin Hood apart from the fact that he robbed anyone and gave to himself and probably <laughs> their families along the way just for
0: fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's chatting about Sam is Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit like Robin Hood, except he robbed anyone and gave it to himself. <laughs> Imagine oh. writing that down and then it getting to be said in an actual film. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. See, but as good as as good as Parasite is, you wouldn't have this much of a laugh talking about it. <laughs> so true.
1: true. I was just saying this, um, that shit films make for way better conversation.
0: Oh, in this in this
1: context anyway maybe not on uh kermode and mayo
0: (laughs) it's the same as my theory about eating out i haven't heard this one it's far better to have a shit meal than an all right meal (laughs) in the same way is it's far better to have a shit service than all right service at a restaurant because what is what all what adds more to your life that kind of Non memorable linguine, and the person that said, like, there you go, sir, or an absolutely diabolical plate of food, and the person's just up feeling a complete swatchy the entire time. It is true,
2: you know. You know what's funny? It's annoying because I mean, I realize that no one out there wants to listen to us talk about these really, I mean, kind of dead films that are really entertaining, but no one's seen well, niche films, yeah, niche films. No one wants to hear us talk about that, and there's not really much of a market for it. But I just think it is, like you're saying, it's the best conversation.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
2: Even on on Vice, there's a show called One Star Reviews, and the guy literally goes to places that have been wa- rated one star on Yelp, and receives the service, and that's the whole show. And yeah. that's we tapped into that years ago on Flix, and yeah. Trying to make it, find a way for it to work it just does my brain in. <laughs> I think we might need to go visual at some point. M- maybe we could do we could do the shit film talk separate from the flicks
0: chat, but do yeah. it on camera. Yeah, just have a sub like a sub series of like every so often. So we've got our flicks coming out each week, and every so often we'll just we'll meet up and watch a shocking film, and we can video our like reactions to it, and then talk about it after.
1: Yeah, like DT. Yeah,
0: yeah like DT, like DC <laughs> watching watching Arsenal in five. <laughs> Keep it short and sweet, 20 minutes, bish, bash, bosh. Yeah, proper proper short and sweet. Just one for the proper loyalists. Don't know who they are,
1: but... I can get on board with that. Well, I I can think of one.
2: (laughs)
0: Who's that, Lewis? Oh, Jim. Yeah, Jim. This is for Jim, actually. Jim requested an app.
1: Yeah, big shout-out to Jim.
0: Jim, if you're listening to this, keep rowing, mate. Push for the burn. He dropped me a message saying that he listens to this while using his rowing machine. Mad. Jeez. Oh, yep. Alright,
2: he's got a rowing machine. That's a sick item to have.
0: Yeah, he got it just before isolation as well. It's a massive shout. Well, this has been a hoot.
1: Yeah, it was good actually. I I've enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it's nice going back to the roots. Yeah,
2: the 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 watching that film, sitting down, taking notes, it was beautiful. The the reminiscing I was having was lovely.
0: You know, I think yeah. we're
1: actually we're onto something with low budget films.
0: Yeah, true, actually. That could be...
2: Well, the thing is, we, we did essentially do that with Footy Flicks because they were all low-budget Danny Dyer films, but we quickly realised that I don't know how popular that is. But maybe once you take football out, people will get
0: on board. Hang on, I've just Googled worst-rated film of 2019. Ten in... No, what I want is the opposite of this. It's come up with ten insanely profitable low-budget films. I want ten low-budget films that still run at a loss. We go... We, we, we can do this in the week, get on IMDb and go by year and then go rating upside down, so lowest to highest. Um, Yeah, from me, it's been a pleasure to have you back again. Uh, as we've said, put a poll in, let us know if you watch the business, let us know your thoughts on it. I personally could not say enough good words about that. Uh, Carlos and Joe, we'll have a little goodbye and then we'll call it a day.
2: Until Peace. next time. See you later, All guys. You